Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. Great day for talk radio. It's a busy day, too, for Doug Ford, the premier in Detroit at the Detroit Auto Show, sitting down with execs from GM. Jerry Diaz also had a sit-down parley with the premier earlier. We're going to find out what was uh, discussed shortly. Jerry Diaz is going to join us, national president of Unifor. A little later in the program, we'll hear from, well, his... I guess, antagonist or counterpart in this ongoing thing about GM Oshawa, the vice president of GM Canada, David Patterson, is going to join us after 6 o'clock. Right now on the matter of Doug Ford and uh, another uh, initiative put in play is the fact that the province wants to upload the subway. Councillor Gord Perks is the councillor for Ward 4, Parkdale High Park, and he's with us on the line. Uh, Tell us how he feels about that and other developments. Gord, long time no speak. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John. I've missed you. You have. Ditto. I have. Ditto. Terribly. There's a big hole in my heart. <laughs> well, you sure it's just your heart, Gord? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you about this idea that uh, Doug Ford, the Conservatives, want to upload uh, the TTC and, you know, more or less uh, see it all under the, I guess, rubric of Metrolinx and uh, consolidate it across the GTHA. You should be happy about that, are you? Oh, oh, you're trying, you're playing a game with me. You know I'm not happy about this. And you know that this is potentially the biggest disaster for public transit in uh, the greater Toronto region of our lifetime. Why? Well, uh, first of all, you just have to look at Doug Ford's record on transit. When he came in, uh, we had just come off the, I'm talking about City Hall, we had just come off the fastest period of growth in transit ridership in our lifetime, John, and that was under David Miller's ridership growth strategy. We also had a plan for seven uh, transit lines to be built here in the City of Toronto. Uh, While Doug Ford was here, all seven of those were either cancelled outright or delayed, and that's why they're not finished. And the impressive growth that we saw in transit ridership stopped dead. Uh, Doug Ford showed when he's here, he doesn't understand the very first thing about public transit. All he understands is how to break it. Well, in the, his absence then, uh, what would get done? I mean, we've got the Eglinton Crosstown. Uh, that's slated to, I guess, uh, be finished by 2021. But otherwise, yeah. uh, nobody else has been really uh, expediting the file. Well, that's not true. Uh, We have uh, done an extensive uh, work right across the city of Toronto to come up with our next dozen projects, and uh, we've created... But they're not shovel-ready, that's the point. No, of course not. It takes a few years to do any of these things. I mean, you've got to dig underneath existing buildings. You've got to figure out how the electricity is going to work. You sometimes have to expropriate bits of people's property. Nobody in the world builds a subway without a a careful design, and that's what we're doing right now. We're doing the design work. The only the only government anywhere in Canada that is, you know, building subways at all right now or the, the partnership between the city and the province that was begun under David Miller and Dalton McGinty. Well, listen, uh, Doug Ford's plan is also to have uh, the private sector pick up the costs of uh, a three-subway stop extension of uh, the number two line. 
Yeah, and and uh, I believe in the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus as well. Why why couldn't it get also, done? Also, when 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 the Fords were in charge here, uh, you remember they said exactly the same thing about how they were going to build a shepherd subway for free, and the private sector would do it. And we went out and hired consultants, some of whom never got paid, by the way. We created a whole corporation to study it. Uh, Doug and Rob had every developer they could think of come into the mayor's office. You know how much money got put into building transit? Zero. Do you know where that shepherd subway extension is? Nowhere. There's no plans, no drawings, no nothing. Well, is it possible, though, the province has more clout and would get the attention of developers? No. So if you think about how much money a developer can make, say, at Bloor and Young, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of money that property like that would go for. You would have to build 10 or 50 times as much as what's being built in that nearly 100-story building there. You're not going to build 5,000-story buildings in order to pay for a subway. The, the, the math just doesn't work. What about Mimico, though? I mean, that's a private, uh, that's a, engaging a, the private sector in development? above-ground Go station. It is not a subway tunnel. Okay, but do you think all different? Like, like you're comparing the economies you know, of scale are different. Millions, is... You're comparing tens of millions to billions when you talk like that. It just the the you know it'd be lovely. It'd be lovely if subways were cheap to build and profitable to run. But they're not. They're very expensive to build, and they require ongoing subsidy. And that's why the private sector doesn't build them. That's why governments build them. This is this is just a flat out, and I, I hate to to sound so critical of it, but it's a flat out hoax. Well, what about the, the air and land rights? You're saying you could never recover any of the money as a developer. Not even ten percent of it. Not even ten percent of it. Okay, ballpark for example, if they've got to stop uh, at Lawrence Avenue East. Yeah. on this extended line. That's one of the the yeah. three that's on proposal. What do you think yeah. that, that stop alone would cost? The stop by itself would cost about, uh, looking at what some of the stops have cost lately, about $100 million. The total development rights in that area don't even come close to that. And that's not even building the subway tunnel to connect it or any of the track or any of the subway cars. It really is like 10, 20, 50 to 1, the amount of money you can make developing the area versus how much it costs to build it. And this is why no, but no private developers are building subways. If there was gold in them, Nar Hills, they'd be out digging it up. All right. Uh, notwithstanding, as we said, air and land rights. One of the no, no, including I just said, including air and land rights, John. Let's right. be clear about this. The air and land rights don't even pay 10%. Right. So they could yeah. never recover their money. You're saying nope. it's pie never, in the sky. Never, never, Okay. Uh, something else I wanted to ask about, because apparently uh, with the TTC stops, according to uh, reports, they're going to be outfitted with TV screens broadcasting the Ontario News Network. Are you here about no, this? that was a joke. Come on. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to see if it was, because I thought to myself, why would anybody get exercised over that? It's a rather amateurish uh, <laughs> offering anyway. Well, as it compared to your high standard of journalism, well, absolutely it is. Well, let's I not confuse. I don't know why anyone would watch that instead of listening to your show. I'm not a journalist. I'm an all-around family entertainer, Gordon. You should know that, <laughs> having sat in the court on occasion. Let me ask you about something else in your ward, though. Uh, sure. This is a story that has to do with uh, a tenant at 1340 King Street, who may yeah. be evicted. Uh, he's a Polish immigrant. Uh, yeah. He's been living, though, in that same place for 20 years, and apparently, I guess, the uh, 
the landlord, who's been named Evan Johnson, uh, wants to be, uh, or he, he wanted, this guy wanted a different apartment, so he had him sign a sublease, and the sublease expires at the end of this month. And so uh, Organize, or Parkdale Organize, has gone to bat for this guy. Well, you're in Parkdale. Who is this group, and uh, what's at stake here? Uh, Parkdale Organize is a, a group of community people who have uh, very successfully been involved in some of the things like the rent strikes you probably heard about two, two three years ago. Right. Uh, they're, you know, led by some great community organizers, but it's mostly tenants who are trying to look after each other. And when they see a, a case like this that uh, looks pretty unjust, they, they try to build some of that community power and fight back. How so? Uh, because there's it's... Also, there's also uh, a very big resource that they're they sometimes go to, which is the Parkdale Community Legal Clinic. Mm -hmm. So often uh, these things wind up uh, with some kind of a settlement at the Landlord-Tenant Tribunal. All right, because what they're saying is uh, if this guy hasn't got the regularization of his tenancy in place by end of week, they're prepared to take further action to defend our neighbor's home. What type of further action? You'd have to ask them. Okay. Well, I thought maybe you've got your ear to the ground in your own ward, but guess uh, not. Well, the, the I mean, as I said, the, they've uh, done protests. They've done rent strikes. They've done marches. They've gone to the landlord-tenant board. Uh, I guess when they say further action, it would be one of those things. All right. Uh, and so this is the kind of thing that, uh, I guess, we're neighbors kind of coalesce around uh, a common shared interest and a confrere. In this case, the gentleman's name is Stanislav. He's a masonry worker, yep. 20 years in the building. Okay. Well, I know we talked about, you know, gentrification and where people have been uh, sort of moved out and so on and so forth, so I thought that this would be a pressing concern as well. It, it sure is. And, and you know, Stanislaus is one of dozens and dozens of cases that are coming across my desk these days. We are losing affordable rental uh, housing in, in the city of Toronto in in pockets like Parkdale faster than we're building it citywide. Uh, we really need better tools to protect the rights of tenants than the province is offering right now. All right. Gord, thanks for uh, getting us up to speed on some of these issues, and I uh, hope to see you in studio before long. I hope so too, John. Nice talking to you again. All the best. Councilor Gord Perks, Ward 4, Parkdale, High Park. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting that these tenants would organize and uh, propose further action. Always seems like when there's a fight, uh, they're going to ramp things up. Jerry Diaz said as much as well in a tweet earlier today. He's put GM on notice. Uh, he says, Unifor is going to mount an unrelentingly, unrelentingly is what it says, campaign against GM until they reverse their decision to close the Oshawa plant. Events will start tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.